Today, we're going to wrap up a series titled Choose Life. So in life, there are two pathways you can walk. And we're going to talk about this too. There is the pathway of life and the pathway of death. So we have talked about how you can choose life by choosing faith over fear, choosing prayer over panic, right? Choosing wisdom over worry. So today, we're going to talk about choosing service over selfishness. But let's go to our scripture, Deuteronomy 30, 19-20. This is our foundational scripture. Verse 19, it says, I have called heaven and earth as witness today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life, that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him. For he is your life and the length of your days. <clears throat> and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, and to give them. All right, so God has promised us a promised land in each and everybody's lives, right? If you read this, he's saying Abraham, Isaac, and, and everybody before then. And... Jeremiah 2011 says he has a plan for us, right? A plan to prosper us and all that. In order for us to reach God's plan for our lives, we have to choose the right path. So this scripture here is saying, hey, there's life and death, like I just said, but we have to choose life. Our first point says, when we choose, we choose life when we choose serving over selfishness. So today we're going to be talking about service, how us serving is choosing life. <clears throat> Our next scripture, Matthew 20, 20-21, says, Then the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus with her sons. So James and John are, are part of the disciples. So this is, this is two of the, the twelve disciples. The mother is coming to Jesus. She knelt respectfully to ask a favor. Jesus said, What is your request? He asked. She replied, In your kingdom, please let my two sons sit in the place of honor next to you, one on your right and another on your left. Fast forward a couple of verses, Matthew 20, 24-28. When the ten other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were intimate. I may mispronounce that word, but that word means angry and annoyed. Have you ever been asked a question or heard somebody ask a question and it just stirs something when you like how dare them ask that question like it ain't fair that we're, we're the disciples too we're not, they're not the only two following jesus we're serving jesus too we're living for jesus too how dare their mother ask that only them two can sit by jesus how dare them right they they, they were angry and annoyed at that question verse 25 but jesus called them together and said you know that the rulers in the world Lord over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a great leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be the first among you must be your slave. Verse 28, For even the Son of Man came not to serve, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. All right, let's go to our next point. It says, serving makes us leaders, right? 
Serving makes us leaders in the kingdom of God. It raises the bar. When we serve, it makes us leader, and it raises the bar of influence and impact. So in other words, the more you serve, the more influence you have and the more impact you can make. Right? Selfishness makes us dictators who build our own kingdom. So when we choose selfishness, we're building our own kingdom. There's this quote. Some of you may know it. It's a famous quote. It says, leaders who add value, leaders who add value by serving believe in their people before their people believe in them. And serve serve others before they are served. So kind of what Jesus said in that scripture, right? He came not to be served, but to serve. This is a quote by John Maxwell. John Maxwell says this, and I, and I love, if you don't know who John Maxwell is, he's a great leadership guy. Listen to his podcast, listen to his quotes. You'll get a lot of intel from him. Uh, and he's, based, he's a Christian based, so he gets all his information from Jesus in the Bible as well. But isn't that crazy, though? The, the kingdom of God is upside down and backwards. We, you hear us say this all the time, right? It's upside down and backwards. You would think, in the world standards, right? The world standards is, I'm, I'm, I'm the boss. I have the position of a boss, right? So whatever I say goes, you have no question, right? And then just, I, I can do whatever I want, right? Or the king, right? Back in the Bible days, there was kings, right? People served the king. The king didn't have to serve the people, right? People served the king. But Jesus is saying, and the, the way Christians, the, 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 the life of a Christian lifestyle, it's backwards. In order for us for God to bless us, we have to serve first. And not serve with the attitude of, I'm going to do this so I can get this. But, hey, I see something in somebody's life, so I'm going to serve to make an impact, and then God's going to choose to bless us out of that. So, the kingdom of God is upside down backwards uh, from the world. To be first, we put others first. To, to be great, we serve, right? The more we serve, the greater we become. Leaders are servants. Leaders add values to others, empowering them to be better. Your influence and your impact in the kingdom of God is not determined by how much power you have over people. It's not determined by the position that you have, right? A lot of times uh, in, in, in church, churches and stuff, people like, a lot of people, and, and, and that they just like, oh, I, I get this position, I get this position, and that's what they're striving for is position, right? But that position means nothing. The position means nothing. The position is a place of blessing that God anoints you and puts you in because of your servanthood. So it's determined by how much value you add to people. When you think about the most influential and impactful people in your life, it is the people that invested in you. The people that invested in you, you can probably remember those people, right? Whether this this is how my life kind of been, but I remember this one time, this person really poured into me and it changed my life, right? Another another famous quote by John Maxwell says, Leadership is influence. Nothing more, nothing less. Leadership is influence. Nothing more, nothing less. So as leaders, as leaders, when we invest, we gain influence into other people's lives, right? Influence is a power tool. You, you know, 
if you're on a construction, Rob, he does he does construction. You need power tools to do electrician stuff, right? You need power tools. You ain't gonna take a hammer to to put wires in a wall. You need a power tool, right? You need a power tool to make that impact to get the job done. Well, our influence is that power tool that helps impact and shape the world, right? And our influence helps make others or helps others make decisions. We don't make decisions for people, but our influence can help shape and help shift their mindsets to say, okay, wait a second, maybe I'm I don't I'm not making the right decision. Maybe I need to do this. So our influence, God has designed us with that with that power tool to help shape other people's decisions, right? To help them make the decisions. And he done that, and he designed us that way. So our influence can help break, break strongholds, right? Break strongholds in people's lives. Unfortunately, unfortunately, there are other influences, right? There are not good influences, not just good influences, but there are bad influences, right? Bad influences such as uh, peer pressure, right? Or it could be the enemy. Or it could be social media, right? It could be social media. We look at social media, oh, they're doing this comparison game, they're doing this, they're doing that. And we get influenced to make decisions in our lives to try to compare to other people's, right? Uh, it could be any of these things. But openly, these, these influences, bad influences, comes from within, right? It comes from ourself. Selfishness. Why, why, why do we allow bad influence into our life? Why do we allow... Because... You know, people get peer pressure to do drugs and alcohol and all that because they want to fit in. So it's it's kind of selfish of themselves. Like, okay, if I fit in, then I'm cool. Then I'm 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 me 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 me. So that's bad influence. So this is not on the screen, but here's another scripture I want to give to you. It's James three sixteen. Wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition. There you will find disorder and evil of every kind. Selfish ambition, you will find disorder and evil of every kind. Selfishness causes us to use people and abuse people for our own gain. Selfish people manipulate and control others to build their kingdom. Anybody ever done that? Anybody ever manipulate and use and, and, and been, been in your flesh and done that? I know I have. Uh, if you ever worked under a selfish leader, you recognize that you never had loyalty. They, they just had control. They just had control. A position or title does not make you great leader. So there are bad leaders and there's good leaders, right? We talk, talk about leadership as influence, nothing more, nothing less, and there's bad influence and there's good influence. So you can be a bad leader or a good leader, but just because you have a position and title does not make you a good leader. Serving with excellence makes you a good leader, regardless of your position or title. Yeah. Not on the screen also. There's another scripture, though. Most people probably know it. If not, I encourage you to read this scripture. John 3.16. John 3.16, it says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. So serving means, our next point, giving. Serving means 
giving. And giving releases the blessing of God upon your life. Serving means giving, and when you give, you release the blessing of God on your life. Selfishness means taking, and greed always brings a curse. A scripture, Luke 6.38 says, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. We over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Right? That's a famous scripture. That's a power scripture. You read that, it gets you fired up, especially in your quiet time. So, all right, God, I need this. I'm, I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm giving. I read this scripture, and it fires me up, because what you give will be given back to you. Right? Now, me and Savannah, some of you may know this, some of you may not, but we, we used to be youth pastors. Now, Mike and Shelby are, and they're doing a great job here at Holly Pond. Woohoo! But we used to be the youth pastors here, and, and we're in a different season now. But we invested, we gave our time, our energy, our effort. We gave and we poured into the students, right? And, and before Holly Pond, we was giving into an Arab students, right? And let me tell you something. This scripture holds true because we've seen the blessing of God come to life. We've seen the impact that it made when we chose to serve with excellence. We see the fruit of what we've done, right? And because of that fruit, you know what we also see? We see that generation change, and then that generation's fruit is going to change another generation, and that generation's fruit is going to change another generation's fruit. So when we choose life by serving, we choose, like Deuteronomy says, when you choose life or death, generations are affected. And we are a testimony of that because we've seen it firsthand. Amen. Proverbs 15, 27 says, He who is greedy for gain troubles his own house, but he who hates bribes will, lead, will live. So we need to ask ourselves one question. Am I a giver or am I a taker? Am I a giver or am I a taker? Am I a giver in my family, in my job, in my church, in my community. Now ask yourself the first question, what, what is your heart motive? What is my heart motive behind my decision in this, right? What is my heart motive? There are three basic ways you can give. Three basic ways you can give. You can give your time. Number one, you can give your time. You can give your talent. And give your uh, treasures, finances, treasures, finances, or whatever you may have. Depending on how much you're willing to give will affect the impact you will have. Depending on how much you're willing to give. Give your time, your resources, your talent. Maturity is usually measured by the sacrifice a person is willing to make. And immaturity is measured by what a person is willing to take. So how do you know somebody's mature? If you're mature, if you're immature. If you're willing to take, you're immature. If you're willing to give, you're mature in your faith. Now, like I said, ask yourself, am I a giver or am I a taker, right? You give your time, okay? Ask yourself, how much time am I actually giving? How much time do I have? Can I give more time? Am I giving all I have? Right? Now, an example that the Holy Spirit kind of gave me on the way to church this morning was, was at home, right? 
and the family, right? Am I giving to my family or am I not? And I like to think, yeah, I give to my family. But in reality, I'm like, I can be giving so much more because how much time are we on our phones, you know, watching or playing games or scrolling through Facebook, social media, and then we turn on the TV and be like, you know, Noah is like coming, hey, you want to hang out? Be like, yeah, you, we, we can in a minute. You go in there. How much time am I missing on making the impact? Not that I don't make an impact, but how much time am I missing because I'm focused on myself and, and what trying to entertain myself with, with things of the world. How many of us do that, right? So we're missing out on the opportunity we can make an impact by being a little selfish. All right, your talents. What if you're musically inclined, right? And, 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 and you're like, oh, I could play on the worship team. I could try out. But, you know, I really don't enjoy that music. I really just rather play, you know, this rock and roll or whatever music you like, country music at home, just on my free time whenever I get a chance. You're, 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 you're being selfish in that. You're being a taker and not a giver because God could be using you because you're musically inclined to make an impact in other people's life during worship. Like, people get impacted in worship. That's not just people on stage just playing songs, just play songs. It's a spiritual realm of worship that people come up to altars and try churches all around the world because the worship's so impactful. So ask yourself, if you, you know, don't have to be music, but am I a giver or a taker in that, right? And your talents. Or maybe finances, your treasure, right? Well, you know, you can be like, well, I tithe, but I'm, I'm super blessed, I'm truly blessed, and I can give more, but, you know, the commandment just says, 10%, and, that, and that's it. I checked the box. I'm good. Well, if you have the wrong heart motive, then, then you're not really, you know, it doesn't count. So are you a giver or a taker, right? So these, these are some questions to ask yourself. Next point says, Serving connects us to others and creates community. Selfishness disconnects us from others and creates chaos. So when you choose to serve, it creates community, right? It creates community. So when we serve at a church, we create community, right? But I want to make it simple. I was thinking about, you know, talking about serving and selfishness. And I like to think of myself as a great server, but also reflecting, I'm like, you know what? There's some times where I can be selfish. Here's a great example. Card games. Card games. Board games, right? The, the goal is to build a family and strengthen the family and connect the family, right? But I, I know it's not just me. A lot of guys are like this. The, our pride and our, our need to win can sometimes, our selfish need to win, can sometimes cause us to be selfish and get mad. And our goal was to strengthen our family, but because of that selfish need to win, it disconnects because it can cause an argument. It can cause a uh, blame game. Oh, you're cheating. You're doing this. And it can cause us to disconnect. And then when we have children watching, it instills into them. So that's a simple example. And, and, and there's small scale and there's bigger scales, right? But when we truly serve, we're going to create that community, right? So this is also not on screen. This scripture I read earlier. It's John 3.16 again. I'm going to read it again. So, for this is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son that whoever, so that everyone who believes in Him would not perish, but have eternal life. Okay? Talking about serving connects and creates community. So, Jesus died, right, on the cross. We all, we all accept that. We all believe in that. Imagine, 
I want you to imagine this. Jesus Christ, before he died on the crucifixion, what, what did he do? He was in the garden, right, with his disciples, and he went out and he prayed, right? And he prayed, and his head, took his head down, and he was bleeding, and he prayed, God, if there's any way, pass this cup, right? Pass this cup, but not my will, your will, right? And we all know what happened. He, he was not selfish. He chose to serve God in the kingdom of God, and he chose to die on the cross to give us freedom, right? Freedom. We love freedom. And because of Jesus' death on the cross, we can have that freedom. But just imagine if Jesus, because he loved his disciples so much, he loved the community he built. Just imagine if after he prayed that, he decided, you know what? I'm going to live here. I'm not going to die on the cross. I'm going to live with my family that I created, and I'm going to live peacefully here and not die. And he, and he lives a good life. He lives to about 80 or something, and he dies. You know what happens then? There's no Jesus Christ. You know what happens then? There's still a lot, and there's still sin in the world, but there's no, there's no gateway. There's no freedom that we can have without the old school way of doing things, right? And, and you, know, you know, that also creates, it creates disconnect between us and God. It creates disconnect between us and God. Now, you may think, you know, that's not... And Jesus had uh, had a huge decision, right? But it's not, it, it, that would have been selfish, but it wasn't necessarily fully selfish, but sometimes a little selfish can still make a huge impact. Right? Even if we're a little selfish, it makes a huge impact, which can disconnect, which can impact generations after generations after generations. But praise God, right? Praise God that Jesus was the ultimate servant leader. He was the ultimate servant leader. And he put others before himself. Jesus put others before himself. Because true love is loving others first. True love is loving others first. I'm about to hit some scriptures, but I want to touch base on that. You can serve and still be selfish. You can serve the kingdom of God and still be selfish. You can say, well, I'm doing all the things, but if it's for my gain, it's still selfish. Now, like the John Maxwell quote I said earlier, right? When we choose to serve others for their benefit before our gain, then that's where the blessing of God comes, right? So let's go to Romans 12, 9 through 10. It says, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Romans 12, 13 says, When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Romans 12, 16 says, Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Guys, <laughs> I know me for sure. <laughs> Becky, I heard you. Romans 12, 18 says, Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Do uh, This scripture right here, I, we need to pray this, right? Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. That does not mean go on Facebook and say, Oh, people are debating Jesus Christ in the scripture. Well, you're wrong, you're wrong. The Bible says this, you're wrong, you're wrong. Is that living in peace? Is that choosing and serving them? Sometimes our actions... Yeah, we need to speak truth, but sometimes our actions and the way we, we handle things speaks louder than truth, or speaks louder than, than words, right? Because to truly serve them, it may just need, hey, I need to go pray for them. 
that service to them. Not, hey, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're going to hell, you're going to hell, you're going to hell. This is what the scripture says, you're wrong. Because without the face-to-face interaction, social media is, is a tool that we can use for God's kingdom, but it's a, it's a tool that the world uses, and it creates major disconnect and, and major, major, it's, it's evil unless we use it for God's kingdom. And if we play the part of the, you know, calling people out, then we're not using it for God's kingdom. Romans twelve twenty one says, Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Right? Amen. The, the, the health and strength of our relationships is determined by whether you are serving or you are selfish. Whether you're a true servant leader or you're being selfish. You want to strengthen your relationships with people, not just your spouse, but with others? Serve them without expecting anything in return. A lot easier said than done. Uh, yeah, trust me. Trust me. We, we, without Jesus, we're, we're nothing. Even with Jesus, we have to be constantly into the upper room. We have to constantly be in prayer, right? So nothing is more destructive to relationship or community than selfishness. Selfish people self-destruct and create collateral damage. See it all the time. Because you know why that is? Selfish people only think of themselves. They don't think it impacts others because they only focus on themselves. That's why it creates chaos. Serving also means, though, we've been talking about serving others, serving others, serving others, right? But serving others means we invest in ourselves as well. We have to invest in ourselves. Because we can't give what you don't have. Matthew 22, 36-39 says, Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. You can't love your neighbor if you don't love yourself. You can't love someone else if you don't truly love yourself. Right? And sometimes people get unhealthy because they never invest in themselves. We give and we give and we give and we give and we give until we're like burnt out and we have nothing left to give. And we're at burnt out. We're like, I've done this, I've done this, and I'm just, I'm just over it. Right? It's easy to do. It's easy to do. But... We have to put on our spiritual oxygen mask every now and then. Every now and then we have to put on our spiritual oxygen mask, right? We have to, we have to, we have to invest in ourselves. Now, how can we do that? How can we do that? Maybe that's plan a weekend getaway and spend the weekend with just you and God. Maybe it's a camping trip and just go you and God. I, I've heard a pastor do that before. Maybe you can't do a weekend. Maybe you spend a day. Okay, you know what? Hey, 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 honey, you know, you talk to your spouse. Can you watch the kids for, for the day? I'm going to go and just get away. Maybe you can't do a day. Maybe, maybe you can do a couple hours, maybe an hour, maybe five minutes, maybe ten minutes. Or whatever it is, plan a date with God to get alone. You know, the Bible, you know, we're supposed to be like Jesus, right? Here's another scripture that's not on the screen, but it's Luke 5.16. It says, But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. 
If Jesus, the Son of God, God in flesh, had to get away from people, because he gave and gave and gave and gave, if he had to get away to a quiet place to invest in himself and replenish, then what makes us think we don't need the same? What makes us think we can serve and serve and serve and serve and serve with excellence and make the impact that we can make, the most impact we can make without in our quiet time of God, our spiritual time of God? So we need to serve ourselves by investing in ourselves. Our last point. We are called to be a part of the solution. We are called to be a part of the solution. When we choose life by choosing faith, prayer, wisdom, and service, when we choose faith, choose life by choosing those, we build the kingdom of God, and then we can reach the broken, hurting world with the gospel. Shall be a set of announcements. There was how many salvations? Sixteen salvations. Praise God, salvations, right? And that's us as the body of, uh, uh, body of Christ coming together, serving and choosing faith over fear, choosing you know, uh, wisdom and, and all the things that we're talking about in, in this series, putting it all together and becoming a church and we're serving excellence. And because of that, the impact is souls are saved. Lives are changed. And not just their lives, but well, our prayer is that they hold on to it and then that their kids' lives, their generation's lives are changed. But it all started with us choosing life. Mark 8.36 says, For What will it profit if a man, uh, if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? So there's two pathways, right? We talked about there's, there In Deuteronomy it says, Laid before you, life and death, choose life, right? There's life, there's death. You can choose the, 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 the death pathway, right? And you can live in a world, in, in this world, and you can have a decent life, and you can have a good life in this world, but in the end of the day, you're going to lose your soul. And what impact have you truly made? Or you can choose life, right? Choose to walk with Jesus. And it may not be this perfect world. It may not be this all, you know, like what you imagine. But you know what? God still blesses because you're choosing to serve him. And when you choose to serve him because you love him above all, he's going to bless you. And then at the end of the day, when you die your one and only death, you have new life. You don't lose your soul. This is also not on the screen, but Luke 5, 31, 32 says, Jesus answered them, Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. Choosing life isn't for us, guys. is isn't, isn't just for us, I should say. Choosing life empowers us to do what God has called us to do. Reaching out, raising up, right? That's our vision, right? Reaching out, raising up, winning souls, making disciples, destroying the works of the devil. Last, last scripture is not on the screen either. Mark 8.34 says, Then calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. 
Amen, amen. So if we want to choose life, we have to die to ourselves. We have to die to ourselves. For those watching online and those in here, I'm going to go ahead and pray. I'm going to dim the lights. The first step in choosing life today, the first step is accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So if you're here in this room and you've never done that, and you never chose Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you want life today, all you have to do is stand. A simple act of faith. You stand and believe. Say, Jesus, I've heard of you. I've been in church all my life, uh, but I never truly chose life. I never truly accepted you. If that's you today, stand. And if that's you online, just just give a, a like or a comment and say, hey, that's me. And we'll have somebody pray for you online. The second, the second step is if, if we believe we need to, we need to repent. If if we haven't been choosing faith over fear, we haven't been choosing prayer over repentance, we haven't been choosing wisdom over worry, and we haven't been choosing serving over selfishness. We need to repent. So let's pray. God help us be the servant leader you want us to be so that we may serve others with excellence. Give us this day and forgive us our sins. Forgive those who sin against us. That we may choose life today so others can have life tomorrow. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.